Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the Crack and Banter podcast. Uh, even, though you you didn't, even though you didn't have me on last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Sorry. Uh, if it's any consolation, I wasn't here either, so uh, I don't think you missed out on anything. Um, yes, we, we took a little week off last week, as is, I suppose, now become tradition. Not Not by any effort on our part but it has become tradition to take the uh the valentine's week off um which was also half term but uh last year we didn't really take it off we we lost that episode that's the famous lost Hal- uh i was gonna say halloween episode valentine's episode um just as scary uh <laughs> the valentine's episode that we lost last year so we we took that week off and then this year we just uh we just took it off because sort of felt like we could use a wee break. We, we were back. We were we came out swinging at the start of this new year. And we thought, you know what, we've we've given a lot. And um, why not take a little extra break? Uh, and and I think I think we deserved it. Look. Yeah, yeah. No, it's hard work uh, doing a like a very loose hour and a half podcast where we claim we're going to talk about movies, but then usually talk go off on weird tangents it's hard work and i think we earned a break exactly you know (laughs) rolling out of bed for an hour and a half to talk to you it's it's really quite draining you know and and i'm sure i'm sure the listeners feel just as drained as well (laughs) i'm sure they know what what listening to to us to talk can do to a person so i think it's a well-earned break for for all parties involved um, to be completely honest, I have recorded this podcast from my bed before. It, not <laughs> not like never under the covers, but just once or twice of just so I could stretch out whilst I was doing it. I've I've been on my bed. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I I worry trying to move my setup for recording over to the bed would be more hassle than it's worth. I don't think it would be comfortable. It would be me sort of awkwardly perched up trying to talk into the mic and sort. Of extending my neck forward sitting awkwardly i'd probably probably have a horrible backache by the time we finish so i don't think that would be any more comfortable if i'm being honest um but no it's it's nice to be back still a little break here and there keeps us fresh and sharp um we've got some news this week the biggest things this week have been trailers we've got a couple of trailers uh some quite fun ones actually i don't suppose look did you see the the trailer for the new chip and deal movie Oh, I, th- I thought it was for the strippers, so I avoided it because <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been suitable for my eyes. No, um, actually, I, I didn't watch the trailer. Again, this is the whole thing. I forgot I'm supposed to watch trailers. Uh, I, I did notice it was sort of like a live action combined with the animation movie, like um, like the Legions. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, I wasn't even thinking of Space Jam there. I was thinking of the... It's the it's like the one from the mid two thousand when he shouldn't yeah. back 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 in action. I think I, I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we talked about that before. For some reason, it came up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's a, a mix of um, like uh, animation, but then also CGI style animation and and the more hand drawn stuff, and then real stuff as well, which I think is quite cool. Um, but Chip and Dale are playing being played by John Mulaney and. Andy Samberg, Ooh, that mm-hmm. name was just totally lost on me there. <laughs> I wanted to say Adam, and then I was like, no, 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 it's not Adam Sandler. Andy Samberg, similar names though. Um, 
which feel like a, a classic pair, even though I don't think we've really seen them in anything together. Uh, obviously, both were on SNL at different points, but I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen Andy Samberg and John Mulaney together. But watching this trailer and just kind of seeing, knowing who both of them are, being fans of both of them, they feel like a really great dynamic, even without like actually having seen them uh, together before. But I, I feel like that's such a good pair. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's a classic, probably to be fair, compatible style of humor. Sort of, a, mm. it's almost like it's a more mature sense of humor, whilst also being immature, but not lo- lots of contradictions. But you sort of know what I mean. Yeah, like uh, you could show either of them's comment apart from some of Andy Samberg's maybe Lonely Island stuff. I'm sort of thinking Brooklyn Nine Nine or some of John Mulaney's specials. You could show them to people of any age and they would enjoy it, but it is also quite like mature growing up comedy. Uh, yeah, definitely. I hope that's not too many contradictions, but you sort of get one, <laughs> which is yeah. why it's probably like, I think it could work well for a children's movie because I think I've said this before, all the best children's movies uh, sort of can be enjoyed by people of any age. Yeah, I think so. And I think something like this as well. So seeing the kind of the rough idea of the plot, it, it seems to be more like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of thing where they are characters playing themselves. So they they had, they used to have a show, the the Rescue Rangers, isn't that what Chip and Dale is? Um, yes. So they, they used to have that and now sort of BoJack Horseman style, they're like washed up retirees. Uh, trying to get back into the limelight in that Roger Rabbit way or I suppose Space Jam's a bit like that too where it's sort of it's implied that the cartoon characters actually perform the the cartoons you know live rather than it being obviously an animated thing uh, which I, I didn't think it was going to be I thought it was just going to be kind of a, a a standard story you know which I would have been happy with too but this is quite an interesting way to do it and I think those are great uh, great actors to play those parts as well because they can just be funny with it and and I think you've got so much more so many more opportunities for like jokes for adults uh, and and jokes that kind of will appeal to both sides so it's not going to be an entirely kids movie either Um, I like that I like that I think we are we're we're overdue a a Who Framed Roger Rabbit-esque movie you know Uh, even though it's it it's hard to improve upon that because I think Roger Rabbit's such a good film, but um, it, it is it does feel like a thing that we could have got loads of and we never really did. Uh, so I, I'm happy to see something like this again. Well, we're getting all this means is we're getting closer and closer to the rescuers down under getting their reboot movie. I mean, we've already had uh, Looney Tunes and this again, so I'll just need probably. Oliver and company, but then then it'll be the rescuers down on return. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think this will be fun. It's again another opportunity for a million Disney Easter eggs as well, which uh, everybody everybody loves to do. So I'm I'm sure that'll be uh, chock a block as they say with little Disney references and cameos. Speaking of references and cameos, the other big trailer we got. Uh, this week or maybe last week because we took a week off uh, was the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer now I did see this trailer-ish but I I really tried to stay away from watching too much about it because 
Uh, I don't want to be spoiled by stuff. And especially with the Marvel stuff, I, I try to stay away from trailers if I can, but especially stay away from everybody talking online. But this one does seem to be quite a fun. There's a lot of fun ideas uh, people seem to have. And it's it's all still early enough and vague enough that there's no real spoilers with it. But um, I always have a little fear of stuff getting spoiled for me or leaked or even even like me thinking too much about what might happen and then spoiling it almost for myself just by predicting correctly. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean. <laughs> like if I guess it right and then it happens, I'll be like, oh, I thought that might happen. No, I'm not surprised, you know, which uh, I don't I don't really want to happen. I, I want the surprises to be surprising obviously um but yeah doctor strange in the multiverse of madness it this looks like it's going to be absolutely insane and i am pretty excited for it uh sam raimi back directing um sorry i say back back from directing spider-man 3 i guess is the last time he did a marvel movie but he is in directing it looks like it's going to be a little bit spooky um, and a bit more than anything just weird and uh mad if you will but I, I am actually really excited for this. I I hope it's not too like cameo heavy in the sense that it that doesn't spoil it. Uh, but I mean, if if Spider-Man No Way Home is anything to go off of, we can see that you can still make a pretty great and entertaining movie with uh, even with all these fun fan servicey type things. So I I think as we've said before, Marvel have kind of earned our good faith. Uh, at this point so i i am really excited for this um are you excited for it i think we talked a little bit a while ago um about some of the the new characters and stuff that you're excited to see but anything from this announcements or or predictions that you really like i i i didn't see anything about this trailer to be honest was this the same trailer they aired after the credits for in spider-man or is this a different uh, no, this was a Super Bowl trailer. It was a new one. Uh, I don't think, well, there wasn't, there was a couple of new things, but again, it's all speculation as to what they might be. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I have to be completely honest, I really didn't know that a trailer had been released. This isn't, this isn't a case of me doing the usual thing of just not uh, thinking to watch. I didn't see there was a trailer released, but uh, in terms of what uh, I sort of am hoping to see, I think. I would quite like maybe it to go a bit darker, like you were suggesting yeah. it might. Uh, to be honest, I, I sort of thought if you go back and watch the watch like this, this, this middle and third and final third of uh, Spider-Man <laughs> during Christmas, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, it did strike me that the strength of that was in the characters. Uh, Partly because, well, to be fair, it was good for the time, but I mean, the action sequences don't look great now in the original Spider-Man, but the movie is still really involving because you care about the characters and they do feel vulnerable and under real threat in a way that you maybe don't get in um, modern superhero movies. So I think something a bit more still fantastical, because it has to be because it's Doctor Strange, fantastical but maybe somehow grounded uh, mm. and a bit darker in tone, I think could work really well. Because especially, I think that's sort of where Sam Raimi does best. Because I mean, the I mean, you take movies like The Evil Dead, 
and whatever. I mean, Sam, Sam Raimi is a dark director. Yeah. yeah. In terms of like, of like horror and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And it is that even with something sort of more fantastical, even something like Spider-Man that could be so kind of polished and, and shiny, Sam Raimi still, as much as that's it's not a, a horror movie or a scary movie by any means, it's got a, a bit of a, a layer of grime on it that, that grinds it so much more. Um, and I think that would be something great to see with Doctor Strange, especially because it's magic. There is sometimes, and, and I think I've had this problem with some of the Doctor Strange stuff we've seen before, uh, you know, those those red glowing shades and, and glowy sparkly whips and, and all of that as like his main magical weapon feel a little bit sort of not real. You know, it, it doesn't feel that impactful, um, which I think is a danger when you're doing this magic stuff uh, with a lot of the Marvel stuff, you know, when it's people shooting a, a big laser at each other and stuff, it's not really the same. I think that's why so many of the like great action sequences we have in the MCU are the hand-to-hand stuff because it's choreographed real fighting compared to big CGI lasers and stuff. Now, some of them are, are great too, but I think that is like, to me, the biggest risk with Doctor Strange. I think Sam Raimi is a great way to bring that in and go, okay, magic can be other cool, weird stuff. And I think I'm sure Sam Raimi could have some pretty cool ideas of where that could go uh, when it comes to magic because magic is a vague enough rule that you can basically do anything and just say it's magic so uh i I quite like that that's the point we're at that we can just see some weird stuff go on uh so that's what i'm excited for i think more so than cameos and alternate universe appearances and stuff that i can kind of take or leave to be honest i'm actually more excited for a, a cool bizarre doctor strange uh movie and and for sam raimi to be direct and that's actually the part that excites me more than like oh this person might appear in this movie again you know um yeah. that's what i that's what i want to see i think uh one of the things he's got to do which i don't think is going to be an easy task is i think he needs to this movie sort of needs to set the tone for what scarlet witch is going to be going forward because yeah as much as i like one division it's sort of because of the whole thing about doing each episode is like a different decade of sitcom and the whole situation that she was injuring, uh, that it, the, the level of character development ended up being a bit unclear and sort of who she is now. Yeah. Whether she's going to end up being having a bit of a darker side. I mean, you can't really underestimate what she did was really bad. I mean, yeah. she essentially uh, enslaved the minds of an entire town of people for like several months. Yeah. Uh, it, she, it, it, it's it just it, there was sort of a questions left, maybe a bit open ended in one division that need to be answered or sort of just need expanded upon. I don't think you could really leave them to sit. I think if yeah. You, if you did, it could make one division look really bad and red. It's not sorry, it's a bit harsh, but it could sort of um tarnish could, the reputation. Could, yeah, it could it could tarnish one division a bit in yeah. retrospect. Yeah, because I think you are right, but 
I, I would say that like the character work I think of Wanda in WandaVision is actually really good, but it is definitely open ended. Like there's no there's no conclusion to that character. There's no she doesn't end up anywhere. She's still changing and developing through the whole show and then the show ends and she's still we don't know if this is good or bad she's kind of just did a really bad thing and then stopped doing that really bad thing but we don't know where any where she's going after that you know she she made a big sacrifice but we know that the the last time she dealt with loss she didn't deal with it all that well so perhaps uh, this could be you know not the the best direction for her and, and she's had a pretty tough break of it so far too so we don't we have no idea where that character is going to go so i think definitely it would be nice to see something a bit more concrete of like is she a threat that we need to destroy or uh something i don't know what something else something else um i think that's going to be cool though uh seeing a bit more gray area you know and, and these kind of I think that would make her the first, I think, hero that became a villain if she if she did go full full evil. I think I can't. I don't think anyone else has done that, which is pretty cool because we haven't had like a a venom or anything in this world, um, or any any real heroes breaking apart. I guess Iron Man is is really not <laughs> not the best guy, uh, but yeah, this could be the first the first one we see go full full evil, which would be pretty cool. Definitely a new a new layer onto the MCU that is quite traditionally good guy versus bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose Mordo kind of was good and oh yeah. Strange and then turns bad by the end of it. Oh yeah, Mordo's gotta be out there somewhere. So I'm sure he, he'll he is up. he is in this he was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah that's what I'm saying. I'm sure oh, sorry, in the trailer. more about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um okay well the the last trailer and this is just something I'm excited for. I don't really have any big thoughts, but uh, was the trailer for uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power TV show coming to Amazon. I, I have no thoughts about this or, or speculation because I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan, but I'm not really like, I haven't, I haven't read the books and I definitely haven't read all the extended stuff. So uh, when it comes to like the actual Lord of the Rings history, there are so many people who know so much and i am not one of them but um i absolutely love lord of the rings the the original trilogy and i'm very excited for this it looks so so good uh i think it it's just going to be very exciting i didn't watch game of thrones and still haven't uh don't know if i ever will feel like maybe i missed maybe i've just missed that and i don't need to watch it but this is this is more my thing anyway and it, it's it's fun to see a show like that again, a fantasy show that I can actually like uh, get on, you know, at the start of, and I don't need to don't need to catch up with anyone. I can just watch it from the beginning and and be there, going going along with it. Uh, I think I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Do you have any real interest in this at all? My concern would be trying to replicate the the grandiose of Lord of the Rings on the small screen. They really have. They have to sort of go a hundred percent into this, or it's going to end up looking cheap. And mm. I mean, I, I don't envy them because <laughs> there's going to be a ton of pressure to deliver. Um, I mean, Lord of the Rings is kind of like a perfect trilogy. I mean, I know people have their thoughts over the Hobbit, but as it is, Lord, the Hobbit 
is obviously Clark is set in the same timeline and with a lot of the same characters, but was called its own thing. I think putting the Lord of the Rings name on this is putting a lot of pressure on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, yeah, I don't know if I admire it. I think I do to a certain degree, uh, or certainly just respect it, that they they didn't decide to tell a smaller story uh, when they made a, a TV show. I think that would have been a very easy thing to do, to just go... You know, it's it's a different it's a different time, a different place, still within the world of Lord of the Rings, and it's just a small group of adventurers doing something. Uh, the fact that they've gone, no, no, we're doing the full Rings of Power story that spans the entire the entire Lord of the Rings world uh, and every single group of people within it, uh, from the most powerful to the least, and and the the rise and fall of the evil and good and blah 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 doing this entire like this whole kind of world defining story uh i i think i definitely i you have to respect that because any anyone else you know when you're making a spin-off that like the classic formula for a spin-off is okay we'll take this big massive movie and we'll take one of the side characters and do a spin-off about them and it'll be a smaller story because it's only one character who was kind of a sidekick or whatever uh, so to make a spin-off of something that is actually just this massive, massive thing, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and it, I think that shows that like it's being made with with some degree of love behind it, rather than being, oh, this is something people like and we can make some money off. Obviously, it's Lord of the Rings. Like <laughs> they're they're gonna make money off this, but uh, I I think there's there's got to be some degree of of love behind this show, which I think is the most exciting. Uh, when it comes to a new project, I think we've said that before. It's always so much more exciting when the people behind it seem to really like the thing that they're making. Yeah. The only thing I can nitpick at is I have to be honest, I don't really like the name. Rings of Part, yeah. It just doesn't click for me. I, I don't, if it, I mean, it's about <laughs> the Rings of Part. I don't know how you would make it better, but it, it kind of sounds like if you were just guessing what the names of one of the original Lord of the Rings movies was that you would try and guess I don't know Uh, there's something just really distinguished about the names they gave to the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings movies and just it's not quite clicked the name but they're sort of locked into it I suppose (laughs) yeah I I think that's that's it. Maybe each season will have a, a sub a subtitle and we can name them those if if that's better. But um yeah, I, I think I agree. It's not the best name. I think, yeah, it is kind of the correct name. I don't know what else you would have called it, but I don't know. It's not exactly it doesn't it doesn't uh yeah, it doesn't really hit scratch the same itch as the the other titles. I think yeah. you're right. Um, just... those other titles just feel so they're so fantasy and heroy, adventure-y, you know, like that's what yeah. they, they feel like. This doesn't make me want to go on an adventure. Yeah, I was just thinking there how good a title The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey is. Yeah, that, exactly. It, it clicks really well. Yeah, because I want to go on an unexpected journey. I don't want to go on our rings of par, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't, there's nothing about that that I want. You know, but so, the, I know, the two I, I, tars, that's like, oh, 
what is that you know it's just ever but, since i've heard it i sort of keep thinking the ring of power sounds like something you'd buy from alan summers <laughs> <laughs> that oh, one might no. go in the edit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no listen we missed the valentine's day episode look <laughs> some of some of it's carrying over to this week let's move on uh <laughs> last piece of news and it's barely news but it leads me nicely into our topic um these episodes normally go out a, a day or two after we record but as of recording I just think it's quite nice. Look, I don't know if you saw, but today is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? I, yeah, I think that's yeah. so exciting. It, it's uh, So the date today is the, the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. And uh, if you're wondering why that's cool, one, it's a lot of twos, but it's it's so much more than that. Um, so if you write out the 22nd, 02, 2022, that is a palindrome firstly so it reads the same backwards as it does forwards but it's also an ambigram so it reads the same upside down as it does right side up which is just very exciting uh, to me it's something that we'll probably never see again in our lifetime i, I would doubt that's what everyone's saying at least um i, I just think that's very cool and it's a tuesday so it's all it also has kind of has two in the name uh, so it, it's just perfect. It's just the absolute best. I think sometime in May in like 2050 is supposed to be a palindrome and um, the dream the gamba gamba ram or something. Yes, of course. <laughs> Banana rama. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just think that's kind of cool. It's it's not pop culture news, but I like I like little dates like that and and things like that, you know, Obviously, people have their little angel numbers and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think I, I quite go in for that, but I like cool numbers, and that's just a very cool date um, and, you know, a, a somewhat historic event, which leads me quite nicely into our topic for this week, because this week we're going to talk about defining events in our own lives, specifically uh, pop culture events, so movies, TV shows, songs anything really that we remember uh from just our in- entire lives that we feel were like some kind of defining moment uh or or something that made us feel some type of way anything we've got kind of any story attached to um this i think i think this is different to talking about like your favorite things though look do you know what i mean where like yeah. these these are things that mean something in some kind of way and it doesn't have to be deep at all but um there's there's definitely a difference between something just being a thing that you like and something defining you in some kind of way. I feel like these they contribute to your character in some kind of way. Do you feel like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I just uh, I was thinking there as soon as you said that enough to be positive. I was thinking about uh, in general time when you're a child, you would see something that would be the thing you were scared of for the next few months. Yes. Uh, so. I was sort of thinking, first one that came into my head, I can't remember if this was the first one overall, uh, but I remember I saw the trailer for, I'm not actually embarrassed because I've heard it's a really crap movie as well, so the fact it was what scared me for months is kind of embarrassing, uh, but have you ever heard of a movie called Mert? For international layers, listeners, I was about to say Mers, but I'll try and pronounce it. <laughs> properly mirrors uh, uh no i have not uh 
it's about a movie. No, sorry, it's not about a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> it's about a movie. <laughs> it, it, it is a movie. It is a movie. Like demons living in mirrors and people's reflections. Remember in the trailer, I think it cuts, but it's like a woman is looking at herself in the mirror. Oh, so, the mirror. I'm still con- I'm still conscious of how I pronounce that word. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like our listeners are, are going to be mostly mostly Northern Irish, but if not, for all our Northern Irish listeners, they'll know, they'll understand the struggle of of us talking about mirrors. The this episode. Anyway, so she like walks away, but her reflection stays in, and her reflection just grabs one hand, the bottom of her jaw, one hand, the top of her jaw, and just turns her skin inside out. And this oh. freaked me out so much that I was going to walk away from a mirror, and my reflection would stay there for like months. I think it was like eight, so it was no wonder. Like I was the sort of thing I had to like w- w- look in the mirror to make sure my reflection was walking away with me. Yeah. Completely ridiculous, and uh, everyone knows that uh, the people in the mirror dimension are really friendly and one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, mirror demons are are actually really lovely. That I mean, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable thing to be scared of. I thought when you were talking about uh, things that frightened you as as a child, it was going to be something dumb because mine are dumb. Mine are really dumb. Mine are like a a collection of Disney villains. Specifically, uh, I couldn't watch for a long time. This is when I was very young, to be fair. But for a long time, I couldn't watch The Little Mermaid because Ursula the Sea Witch frightened me too much, um, which is a, a shame because it was one of Kunli and my older sister's favorite movies. So, and because she was older, she would just get final say. So she would just put it on anyway, even with me kind of sitting there crying, telling her to please not watch it because I didn't want to watch it because I was too scared. And she would just put it on anyway because she didn't care. So I would have to leave the room and go and play somewhere else because I was too frightened of the sea witch. Um, and then the one that I do think is genuinely scary is in Snow White. Whenever the the evil queen turns into the the creepy old crone, that that I think is specifically again. There's there's one shot in particular. I think she like comes through a door or or like a hatch or something, and there's like a, a really ominous shadow cast on on her face and she just kind of looks up she does like the the kubrick stare up into the camera does like an evil an evil laugh and i used to lie in bed and have visions of her like coming up over the edge of my bed you know like from the ground climbing up over the edge of my bed with that creepy face and uh it it terrified me and i know that's a it's a cartoon character so these are silly things to think but again i was a child you know (laughs) Yeah, and no. I, I think it's funny. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. Finish off because I was going to sort of uh, say something else, but finish off. Uh, no, I was just going to say it's funny that the first ones we went to were bad and scary ones, but also I feel like it's so telling of like when you're a child, how long things stick with you that frighten you compared to things you like. Like, I, I can barely remember anything from a child that was, like, my favorite thing other than the only ones I remember are ones that I watched over and over again, and it's just by repetition. But, like, a, a particular day that I really loved or something I saw once and was a massive fan of, I have no recollection of that as a child, but something I saw one time and s- scared me 
will will have stuck with me like through to this day or something I did that was embarrassing will stick with me for the rest of my life and I know it will and it's just we just we hold on to shame so much look (laughs) but it is like you're you're scarred by those things as a child no matter how stupid they are I think science supports that though I'm pretty sure I've read before psychologically um uh, negative experience causes cause stronger connections to form in your brain it's like some sort of survival mechanism because in nature it's generally more important to know what's going to hurt you uh than anything yeah. else but yeah i was gonna that's, say that's why nagging works so well when you're trying to pick up women uh not not in my <laughs> experience but you know <laughs> yeah that's, but that's a joke by the way that's you're just not very guess anyone's good. listening you're just not very good at picking up them. Yes, of course. Sorry, you're a pickup yeah, artist. You... I forgot about that. Yeah, you're you're a real alpha male. Uh, so just nags you there. You lowered your self-esteem so you wouldn't move to another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you yeah, you no, tell was... me something. Oh no, I was going to say sort of. Usually for me, it was horror movies. Like I, I watched the Nightmare on Elm Street trailer for some reason when I was like nine or something. That messed me up about going to sleep for. I was ages actually that messed me up. That's that's just not that's not a good trailer to show to anyone. <laughs> uh under under I don't know, probably wouldn't 35. show it to like, like <laughs> 18. Probably just wouldn't show it to anyone to be honest. They'd probably ask, why are you showing me the trailer for Nightmare in Elm Street? I'd be like, Do I know you? Good question. Why am I showing you the trailer for Nightmare Street? <laughs> yeah, uh, we, but, we just we just met tonight. <laughs> it's coming out a little strong here. How did you get in here? <laughs> Watch it, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's scary. <laughs> I was going to say, usually it was horror movies. Uh, sorry, that sounds like, like it too deep. That's probably why I had some deep issues about only really being able to go get into some horror movies over the past few years. Mm. Um, but it was usually horror movies, but I think I had like the quintessential uh, UK child experience of, I don't know if this was true for you or not, though. Of uh, getting scarred by some Doctor Who episodes. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's some, there's some classics, but I feel like everybody's is the the Weeping Angels. That's got to be everybody's, right? Yeah, I was, I was going to say Weeping Angels are up there. I'll tell you which one actually got me a bit more. Uh, do you remember the one where they're on the planet and it's like a massive library? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And it's the Vashti and the Rad, and they like eat the people. And then, like, take control of their skeletons. Yeah. That one was bad. Yeah, that was because that episode also with like a load of dream stuff happening in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, was and as we know, <laughs> dream, I, <laughs> dream killers are your biggest fear. Is it? I think that's what we're learning today. <laughs> to be fair, that I think that that's like almost a universal fear is not yeah. being able to distinguish the difference between like reality and uh, a dream. Yeah, you know, and because like sleep, you know. When you're asleep or in in bed, you're you're at your most vulnerable and meant to be at your most comfortable. So anything that takes that away from you is like it removes a piece of your innocence. I think whenever you yeah. you you infiltrate someone's dreams. Yeah, I yeah. So that that one really got me. Actually, I'll give you the last one. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> embarrassed about how late this one happens. <laughs> I think this one could be like my mid-teens so like maybe it was 15 mm. 16 well they didn't like scar me like those did but 
there's like an episode of Luther. This is, this is definitely the scariest episode of Luther, but it's like a killer. I kind of actually discuss because we're a kind of PG show. Uh, what what his like modus operandi is because it's it's dark. I mean, this there's a really good series I recommend to everyone, but you've got to have a strong stomach to watch. But anyway, one episode starts with a woman gets home and it's like you're sort of worried you're watching like any show which you know is about where someone gets killed, like a sequence yeah. from home. When's it going to happen? Is someone going to jump out? She gets home into bed and you think, okay, actually, I must have just been shop for, uh, setting up something else. You think, fine. It then shows a guy starts like, and it's the way he does it as well. He like wriggles out on his back from underneath her bed. Uh, crap myself. No, and no, for like no, the no, next no. like few months, it's like I just completely fine during his air stuff. I wasn't worried about like some random serial killer grabbing me. Yeah. But serial had... killers don't kill during the day. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no logic to it. But I did. I didn't have to check underneath my bed. I just couldn't get out of my head. Like, mm. you know it's not logical, but if you have the thought of, yeah, but there could be a serial killer underneath, yeah. you can't just let that thought sit. you got to check it. No yeah, idea what it's... would have actually done if I'd found a serial killer under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the same thing of, like, if you if you lock a door, turn around and walk three steps and then just think to yourself, did I lock the door? you're gonna go back and check because yeah. it doesn't matter how sure you are it doesn't matter because it's so easy to check and then you have peace of mind it doesn't and it doesn't matter how certain you are same thing as you're saying what what do you do if there is a killer there it doesn't help it doesn't help the situation that you now know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight him now i just know he's there it doesn't help me but i'd rather know he's not there that's <laughs> i think that's more what it comes down to um now, now i've just got one of those beds that's got like under bed storage so uh if, if, if a serial killer wanted to hide under my bed he would also have to like push the bed up <laughs> lying on it to get out and get me if i don't wake up while he's doing that i think i deserve to get um yeah. after something fair enough <laughs> fair enough that is good <laughs> I thought you were gonna say if he if he wanted to hide under there, he'd have to like lift out a thousand PlayStation uh, games first, or or all of your clothes, which would be a pretty funny way to to walk. Out. It's not the most subtle way to hide if you if your your Mark arrives home and their all of their clothes are thrown about the bedroom floor, they might they might have an idea that someone's yeah. hiding in their under bed storage. Yeah, no, no, I, PlayStation games get kept. Uh, somewhere else it's uh some it's uh like clothes i don't really wear regularly like some like uh souvenir shirts and stuff and um my magazine collect oh, like movie magazines and games <laughs> magazines not sort of realized leaving that one open-ended maybe would have caused questions <laughs> Look, it would be valentine's day was last week <laughs> This is a normal episode. It's not a steamy episode. Stop trying to stop it. Stop it. <laughs> We're talking about being terrified of things. Okay. Stop. Stop trying to make it sexy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there, there wouldn't be too much space for him to hide underneath there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that that was my that was my practical consideration filling it up under there. Now that now you would just hide in the wardrobe. 
so I have to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, your your life now is just a, a series of you buying empty things and then filling them up as quick as you can, <laughs> so no one can hide in them. It's like it's like plugging holes in the dam. <laughs> <laughs> Looks, looks idea of a haunted house is just walking through Ikea. <laughs> just fair, all right. these empty cupboards. That, there's a, there's a movie idea. Guy gets locked in. Any, it doesn't have to be Ikea. It could be any sort of generic furniture shop. Guy gets locked in overnight. And there is a killer somewhere in the furniture shop. There's a killer in every piece of furniture. <laughs> every single this cupboard is a different serial killer. Then it's not scary if you know there's a killer in everyone, like it ruins the surprise. True. <laughs> oh yeah. So actually he's in one, but the whole movie is still him timorously checking each cupboard. And it's the that classic shot where he slowly walks up hands shaking as he opens the opens the door to reveal there's nothing behind it as a that classic horror movie shot, but it's that 75 times. <laughs> Do you know what? Something tells me it won't be made. Do you know which one always gets me in any movie? Because like it's actually such a trope now. It isn't just horror movies, but any movie uses it to get a jump scare. It's the medicine cabinet shot. Yeah, that one. Like no one has a medicine cabinet. I'm sure some people do, but most people actually have a medicine cabinet like that. But everyone yeah. in the movie has to have one of those with a mirror <laughs> facing yeah. the doorway so they can have the shot where there's no one in the reflection. They open it, grab it, one, close it, and then there's someone standing there. Yeah. <laughs> well, genius. Genius. <laughs> wow. Um, actually, sorry, I just thought of one more. I'll only talk about it for a second. But and it still gets me this day. No trauma associated with it, but the jump scare in the first Incredibles movie. Oh yeah, that is a good one actually. That gets yeah. every single person, yeah. no matter how many times you've seen it. That gets everybody. Yeah, because I I never know specifically when it's going to happen, and it does. It actually does always get me. You're right. It's a good one though. That is a good one. Um, okay. So for me, defining defining pop culture moments. Um, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time will know uh, that I, I'm a pretty big superhero movie fan uh, as, as we both are but I, I have specifically like wh- where sometimes sometimes you'll you'll come to me look for like comic book movie knowledge but specifically my my knowledge is more so comic book movie knowledge and or comic book knowledge that pertains to movie knowledge you know because uh, I'm not like a massive comic reader either which is just it's just kind of things I've picked up because I'm a big comic book movie fan. Uh, and that's obviously quite a big part of, of what I like and kind of why we made this podcast as well. That's what <laughs> gives us the the knowledge to be able to talk about stuff for so long. Um, and I think that probably would not have happened without, and we talked about it already today, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, and specifically the, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Um, I am sure that is probably a, a defining movie for so many people, especially people our age, um, and for superhero movies and, and certainly Marvel movies uh, in general. That is a pretty defining moment uh, in, in movie history. And sort of the the way that movies are now with, with comic book movies, 
is probably not entirely thanks to that you know we had we had other stuff and the x-men movies were big and, and all that but for me like that was the one um i'm a massive spider-man fan but i don't know if i was before that maybe from from some cartoons and stuff but i i can't remember being a, a spider-man fan before seeing toby Maguire spider-man and now spider-man is arguably my my favorite superhero certainly fighting for that top spot anytime i have to answer that question um and i think that that first spider-man movie is is definitely a defining one for me i still think it's it's a great movie spider-man 2 i think is maybe the best one but at, at yeah. the time um seeing seeing that original spider-man movie just insane and i think it is one of those things that like it it's more defining than it is just one of my favorite movies because in hindsight it's it's a bit weird and some of it's maybe a little bit corny you now it's very it's very comic booky but i, I quite like that too and yeah. um, but it, it's it feels like it's lifted directly off a a, a comic book um yeah. you know those some of those shots are literally famous spider-man panels you know uh and i think that's done very well in that that it's not done as well in other things there's other things that don't translate quite as well and i think sam raimi really nails it in in that movie that it even though it is a bit corny and some of the stuff's a little bit should have stayed on a comic book uh on a comic book page it still works as a movie and, and I, I really like that um yeah. and that certainly shaped me into being a little spider-man boy <laughs> yeah well I, to be fair i still maintain the character work of those spider-man movies stands up really mm. strongly even to be struck a fair stronger than modern most modern superhero movies because that's the weakest area of a lot of them i yeah. mean the action sequences as i said in the first spider-man movie have aged currently some of the cgi is really funny at this point but <laughs> as i said i flicked on on Christmas just sort of watched 10 minutes of it and, and something ended up remote even though everyone else was still up uh, <laughs> and, uh, my mum isn't really a big movie person especially probably not superhero movies but my mum got really engrossed in it I haven't seen nice. it that much into a movie in ages uh, but she loved it uh, so yeah I, I think the character work still stands up but I was going to say sort of when I was weak uh, I wasn't actually that big into superheroes. I mean, I liked them, but my main thing was sort of sci-fi, like Star Wars and Star Wars and Doctor Who mainly. And then maybe it's not sci-fi, but probably the third thing I was into most after that was Harry Potter. But mm. in terms of, I have so many uh, memories associated with those like original Spider-Man movies. Uh, I mean, you have to remember, actually, to be fair. Those were like for a bit pretty much the only Marvel and DC movies being released. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that sounds ridiculous to think of today, but if you look at the period, was it like 2002 for the first one, then the second one? They were probably like the only major superhero movie releases from those from either Marvel or DC. And I'm sure someone will probably prove me wrong with that, but I don't think until batman begins was released there was really any competitors of those two uh yeah i mean certainly certainly in terms of um like not that you would even call it franchises but series of of movies you know we had we had the x-men was the uh, the only other marvel one oh, really. yeah, yeah. um but apart from that everything it was it was your one-offs you know you had like the daredevil movie and dc you had like the uh, Catwoman. Um, 
I guess the Fantastic Four movies a little bit later as well, but, but not dude, not really. <laughs> you know, you, you like, just describe some absolute classics of the genre. <laughs> I can't That's even joke I mean. about those ironically. Yeah. They're just awful. It was all it was all your one offs. The you know just the the characters that these studios had yeah. bought the rights for from Marvel basically or, or DC and decided to make a movie with you had like Blade. I guess got a, a few movies out of Blade as well, um, but you know that I feel like all of those are examples of movies that are, are superhero movies, but aren't really. There's nothing from those that you see carried through into the superhero or comic book movies today. Whereas Spider Man, I think there are some really clear things that that carry through from that, or that set an example like people are still making comic book movies now and trying to hit the bar that Spider-Man set. I don't think anyone is trying to hit the bar that Daredevil set, you know? (laughs) I don't think anyone's trying to outdo the Fantastic Four movies. Um, Whereas Spider-Man, it's like, it needs to be as good as that if we want to make something it you know you got to pass you got to pass that test to be a good superhero movie i think yeah i'm i'm I mean, i'm just thinking there the naughties without the dark knight the, the dark knight movies the spider-man movies and the x-men movies you probably don't have either of the two modern cinematic universes today because those were i feel like i have read stuff about superheroes were seriously uh, on Kill for a while. It was probably act. Uh, it was mainly the first X Men movie and Spider Man that rescued the reputations. Because I mean, uh, I was actually this is what I was also going to say. Like the two, the two superhero film series I've the most met result from being younger were um, uh, Spider Man. I mean, there's loads of that stuff from that movie still floating about in toy boxes in my house. Like I think I had a Doc Ock action figure, and I think I had like. A New York subway uh, set because, <laughs> uh, like, in the movie, stops the subway. Obviously, uh, that and the, the the Batman series of movies, not the Dark Knight, and I think they're a good example of sort of what then a little big causing the shifting public perception of superhero movies. So they start really strong with the Tim Burton Batman, sort of decent entries with then like. Um, uh, they've really similar names. We're just trying to get all the right names. So, like, uh, the one with the penguin was good, and then you had like the one with the Riddler and Two Face, which was very campy, but still most people liked it. And then you had, uh, was it Batman? Was Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yes, Batman and Robin. Sort of, kind of that almost single-handedly ruined superhero <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, think I that... still. It's that still really a guilty pleasure of mine, though. I probably watched it more oh, than yeah. the other one. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. I think it, but it was also like pre pre the Dark Knight that I I think was would have been then the most recent Batman movie or not the Dark Knight. Sorry, Batman Begins. Uh, yeah. Before Batman Begins, that was the last Batman movie. I, I think I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Um, yes, yes, it was. So so if you like Batman, which I, Again, Batman is definitely up there fighting for that top spot of favorite superhero. Then Batman and Robin's the last one that came out. And when you're a kid, it quality 
I think is superseded by just how old something is or how old it appears. So mm. whatever the most recent one is or or had the you know the the best camera quality or special effects, not that it necessarily does, but you know it was the most modern one. So that's the one you watched, and it and it is bad. Uh, but that was the one I watched and that was the one I liked until Batman Begins came out and then I was like, this seems different. Yeah, yeah. I was just actually thinking about people never talk about Batman Begins anymore, mostly just because The Dark Knight is like one of the best films ever, never mind. Uh, I mean, it's so it's so far clear it's the best superhero film of all time. Uh, it's mm. controversial, but it is. And, <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the best films of all time, but because of that, uh, Batman Begins sort of gets lost in the conversation, but it is so good, and yeah. it sort of it sort of showed that superhero movies could be dark and still be good. Because I mean, there was other, uh, well, dark and popular and good. I mean, I was going to say there've been <laughs> other dark superhero movies like Blade, uh, that that were that were really good, but didn't reach the mainstream mostly just because of the age rating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the dark. Uh, Batman Begins is so good. I mean, you're talking about things that scared me when I was younger. The scarecrow interrogation scenes were terrifying. I mean, to me, that that movie cements scarecrow should. I I think. I mean, he's not like he's not a B tier Batman villain, but he's one people never talk about. Mm-hmm. Not never talk about, but people always go to Joker to see us being Poison Ivy before him. But to my mind that movie cements there's so much you can do with Scarecrow and that yeah. is like he is uh, one of the best Batman villains in my opinion and easily the scariest yeah and such a just a great reminder that Batman just has such an incredible rogues gallery actually yeah. weirdly enough talking Spider-Man and Batman they're probably the two best rogues galleries as well uh, which maybe maybe that's why they're my favorites just thinking about mm-hmm. it now because as we have said before as well we talked about it in the disney episode actually but i think it it goes for everything i am i i love a good villain you know as much as a good hero and especially a superhero and a super villain to to match them and i think there's nothing better than a super villain who isn't just the opposite of the hero which we've said before is one of marvel's or was one of marvel's biggest problems was that your bad guy is just the good guy in a different color you know um but batman and spider-man are such great examples of villains that aren't that and and so many different villains each one being so good and that they actually have so many villains and so many villains that could be their arch rival obviously batman has the joker that's a bit more specific but like spider-man it's it kind of can change between Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Venom sometimes. Like, he has all these uh, villains that seem like the worst villain that it could be, but it really does. It really can change and, and be so many different ones. But uh, for me, Batman, we have got Batman, Joker, saturation, definitely. You know, I was I was worried a little bit about seeing too much Batman. And then now we've got now we've got the Batman coming out. I'm actually very excited for it. But yeah. I think definitely I am I am at tipping point with seeing the Joker on screen. Yeah, um, I would I would actually be really uh I, I could just avoid take a post-credit scene, but I'd be really disappointed if Joker showed up uh as a main villain in this Batman movie. 
Yeah, I, I think you just absolutely don't need to. And we're also, the problem is that it gets to a point now where it's it's been done so many different ways. And I like that people are changing how they do it each time. But again, Batman has all these villains that if you want to play the Joker differently, you can just be a villain that already is that. So if you want to be the Joker, but you're a smarter, more clean cut Joker, be the Riddler, you know, or if you want to play the Joker, but more ominous and more scary, be Scarecrow, you know, like Batman has villains for that. Uh, It doesn't need to be the Joker, but different. Uh, There's so many incredible villains there that you can just be instead. Um, So I would, I would love to see, uh, because I think Batman's one of those ones as well, where like, I wouldn't mind a Spider-Man No Way Home kind of thing for Batman, where it's, a, a whole bunch of villains and you see a load of them because there's so many we haven't got to see in ages uh but not the joker um yeah who would you like to see in the new batman if there was a, a new or uh, a, uh, some other villains introduced i mean i would be happy just with riddler but the one i always say that we haven't gotten on screen in ages and is probably one of my favorite batman villains is i would love poison ivy oh very good very i also good. think you could do uh given the current climate i mean you could do a lot with poison ivy because uh her what well, they have sort of done it in the comics but the thing is she never really gets kept as a villain because she is so likable but i mean the whole yeah. environmental terrorist thing where the motives are good but what she does isn't i mean i think i mean the current climate literally that's so uh so much you can do with that as well as that i think to be fair if you only ever I mean, as I say, whilst I enjoy it, it's a guilty pleasure. It'd be a real shame if you had uh, Batman and Robin as their only ever screen appearance uh, in a Batman yeah. movie. The only thing, the only reason I would guess they might not use her is I have to imagine she is going to pop up in the whole hard. Assuming we get another Harley Quinn slash Birds of Prey movie, she's got to show up in that because her and Harley are uh, pretty much inextricably linked at this point. Yeah. Uh, um, I think probably my favourite depiction I've seen of them too so far is in the Harley Quinn series. Um, very good in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to see Harley Quinn. But yeah, I think the Joker sort of, you almost need to use him as the final boss of that Batman villains. Because, uh, mm. I mean, he's just is the complete antithesis of Batman, whilst also essentially being the, a different side of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was probably, uh, if I was going to make one criticism of the Nolan trilogy, which I feel like an idiot to even begin to suggest I should criticize <laughs> such a masterpiece of filmmaking, <laughs> is the movies almost feel like they're in the wrong order. Because yeah, be- being's the second closest thing to feeling like a final boss in the Batman universe. Uh, I mean, to be honest, he actually probably gets the best of Batman more than the Joker does. Yeah, being would have been a better second fil- film villain than the Joker. The Joker should have been the third film villain because, I mean, yeah. that, he takes Batman to his limits of morality mm-hmm. psychologically more than any other villain does. you got to use him as the final boss. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I suppose it depends what way you're, you want your movie to go as well, though, because the, the Nolan trilogy, obviously, it, it wraps up at the end, um, which I don't think you can do if you have the Joker as a villain because one of the most important things, I think, with the Joker is that Batman can't beat him and he can't beat Batman either you know like they no one you're not allowed to 
win against the Joker. That's not yeah. what the character is. They are destined to fight each other forever yeah. until something else gets them. Uh, which I, I think is a mistake a lot of people are making with the Joker. Like you shouldn't introduce him if you're not going to have him be around forever and yeah. and fight Batman forever. Which obviously is is one of is incredibly tragic with Heath Ledger's yeah, performance gonna, as well. I was going to say I should actually apologize. I just realized this in a second. Joker probably actually was going to be in the third movie if it hadn't been for what well, was obviously a very tragic, uh, the very tragic death of um, uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, no, it is. It is one of those things that I think just people don't know. It, it's so far gone at this point. I don't think people actually really know what the Joker should be. You know, yeah. <laughs> to to Batman. Um, yeah. Sorry, we talked about this for ages. Uh, no. My the villain I want to see is uh, Mr. Freeze, and I want Mark Strong to play him. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Freeze, I think would work in sort of what I've seen of this current Batman movie. It's sort of working. It's more it's comic booky, but very grounded environment. Yeah. I, mean, I think <laughs> I also really enjoy Arnold's Mr. Freeze. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> I think if you were doing Mr. Freeze now, you have to do a very nuanced take on him because his motivations aren't villainous at all. Yeah. Like, uh, again, go back to it loads, but I just love it so much. The Harley Quinn series actually is a yeah. really great episode with Mr. Freeze where they depict him. The guy's barely a villain. I mean, he yeah. does everything he does because of how much he loves his wife. It's the it's same all... uh, Batman, the animated series has like a a few episodes back to back that tell um Mr. Freeze, I think it's called Heart of Ice, and you can basically watch it as like a mini movie and it's it's incredible. Like and that that was a cartoon. That was a kid's show. Like, but that it's it's so good and it's the same thing. It, it's he he appears for those episodes and then I don't think he appears again. He's not like a recurring Rob Banks kind of villain. You know, he's he has a, a very specific story that makes him kind of uh yeah a a, a villain in action only, you know, not in intention, um, which I think is very cool. And I think Mark Strong would be such good casting for that as well. He's got the yeah. the head for it. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I, I, I really, I haven't been looking forward to a movie as much as I've been looking forward to this, the Batman movie uh, recently. Uh, and I, I wasn't actually excited about it at all. I was like, Robert, sort of when I heard Robert Pattinson, I was just like, mm. I don't know, and we've already had so much Batman, but everything I've seen about it has impressed me so much so far. Yeah. The trailer, what they're doing with the Riddler, and the way Robert Pattinson carried himself in the trailer as Bruce Wayne, I thought he absolutely, I didn't think he would, but he absolutely looks the part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. It was never be, It was never anything to do with his talent. It was actually more just because I wasn't sure if he sort of had the physicality for it. Uh, or, or, or well, he was. So I don't know if this is an insult or not, or if he was too pretty for it. But mm. he, he looks great in the trailers, and he has what every good Batman needs, which is a ridiculously good jawline when they're wearing the mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like I like that Batman is sort of he, he's like this kind of in a lot of ways peak human but also um should should give the the air of a guy who's 
getting by on coffee and cigarettes you know like that's <laughs> that's what it should be like on in some ways he is like this peak physicality the the mind of a genius detective but also you want him to just always be like uh, <laughs> you know he's yeah. always at his, at his wits end and like the fact that he has to go out during the day and be bruce wayne he's like hunched over and like you could just tell this guy has a it's a, a gray a gray sad rainy life <laughs> and i like that for a batman it should be gothic i think in some way yeah. not again it's it's up to each each director's vision and, and the comics yeah. have varied a lot over time but that's i like that in a batman i like yeah. that a lot you know i was actually i remember reading about this because uh, i was sort of wondering like batman needs to sleep at some point Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, even if he doesn't get years of sleep, when does he sleep? Apparently, Batman sleeps from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day, which actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but Upside down, like a bat. Yeah. yeah. But that's apparently, that makes sense when you think about a lot of the time when you see about the Wayne tech industries thing, uh, nobody thinks Bruce Wayne is taking it seriously. He's got this yeah. uh, sort of reputation as a happy go lucky like city is he'll play boy and it's because yeah. he's not he's not getting up till 10 a.m <laughs> you know when the working day yeah. starts at night uh, and then it yeah. takes him five hours to leave the house because he's got severely damaged bones and aches from from crime fighting <laughs> <laughs> he stumbles into the office they assume he's hung over but actually cracked ribs yeah so yeah no i'm i'm really looking forward to the batman anyway so uh, th that many preview of the Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, we talk. I think the problem is we are literally the this episode. Like the the whole point of the topic of today is things that defined us. Uh, it's it's safe to say these are things we're going to be able to talk about. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yes, but but let's move on. Tell you tell me something. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's some right. Everyone always remembers the shows that always get talked about from when you're kids. Like, you never struggle to remember Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Phineas and Ferb, uh, even maybe a drink and Josh. But if you talk enough for long enough about your childhood, there's always like the point of conversation turns to uh, lost memories almost, where someone yeah. will mention something, like a, a, a show. I mean, you remember all about it. It's like it's it's, like it's it's one of the best TikTok accounts I follow. Is uh, I, I follow one that's old TV shows and adverts, and then I follow another one that's uh, songs you forgot existed. And oh, it's just such a beautiful little memory unlocked whenever you scroll past it. And it because it's TikTok as well. It's like five seconds, and and within those five seconds, you've remembered like you've unlocked this whole memory of something that you just didn't have any recollection of and it's oh it's so good those little moments yeah yeah no so i was i was sort of thinking like uh ones that you always forget about do you know which one i was almost get, it's strange to forget about because it was almost like it was always this sort of term that got used in my family because like, like i was i was always really comfortable in water when i was younger like even when i couldn't swim like i sort of almost could swim like i would naturally never really go under uh like i even when i can do like strokes and stuff i was still fine to be in water without like water wings or stuff uh weird flex but okay so, 
well, I was that. <laughs> I always like to brag. I'm, I'm not really athletically talented, though. So, <laughs> but, but I am good. <laughs> buoyant. So, yeah. joke's on you. Well, no joke. Like, actually, buoyancy was something that was really good. I could start wow. for, like, ages. Like, without exerting any energy. But anyway, I, my parents always called me a slubber tubber. Because okay. you remember, there was the show. It was all the toys in the bathtub. The, yeah. It was like the flubber dubbers. I think I it was called the rubber, exactly. the rubber dubbers, rubber dubbers. Yeah, yeah. Some, it's something like, think, a word that's yeah, very hard to say. Yeah, I think it, it sort of got like changed over time to call yeah. me a flubber dubber because it was funnier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that one was like something I feel like I watched re- almost religiously when it was wee. But then yeah. you you only remember every now and again because it's just. I mean, it's like it's not. Um, I don't know because I'm not like an avid CBBS watcher. But like it's something I assume just like isn't on TV anymore, but like everyone will remember it mm-hmm. if you bring it up. It's also one of those ones though where like it's from long enough ago, at least in my memory, that while I feel like I was an avid watcher of it and watched it every day when I came home or whatever, it could have been a thing that it, it ran for two months and then got cancelled, you know, or actually I watched it a couple of times just over a few weeks and and the memory has just stuck with me for so long. Like, I, I couldn't tell you for how long I watched it, but in my head, it was my favourite show, you know? But it, it just it exists in that perfect, that perfectly sort of chimeric uh, length of time and uh, childhood memory, where it's like, this could be years or days, or half of it could be a dream and half of it could be real. Uh, and that's just how I remember it, of like, you know uh, those those weird childhood memories that you have where it's like this is sort of sort of something that I remember and I feel like was definitely it was definitely a big thing but whether it was actually a long thing or not is like completely different um but yes I I definitely remember that show as well because it was one of my favorites too as I can always remember the theme tune. Here comes the rubber dubber, splash, 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 splash. Actually, talking about shows, you know, Arthur only ended like the other week, 26 yeah. years. Uh, it wasn't the other week, it was, it was yesterday. Yesterday was the, the final episode, uh, which I was a little bit, and I only saw that today. I Actually, I probably would have watched that yesterday if it was, if I knew, but I don't really want to watch it now. But watching it when it came out well, would have been nice. It probably didn't air live. <laughs> Here, because uh, I think it is an American yeah, show, but like true. I just thought that was mad. Twenty six years. Mad. I mean, if you take probably that the audience for that uh, was like when you were maybe five to eight, five to eight. So like, I mean, that's a three year period. Sorry, this isn't going to be very exact, maths, but that's like that's almost um. Something like that's multiple generations of children all growing up with Arthur. Like, I mean, that's almost as universal a show to have watched at this point. Something like SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, it's a good show. Maybe I don't know. I remember it just being a little bit bored whenever it would come on because because it had been on for so long and I'd seen it so many times. I'd be like, eh, nah. <laughs> let's watch something. Know. Let's watch Transformers or something with people's you know superheroes or, or people shooting guns or something well back in my day they only had four channels so you had to watch what was ever was on was, no True. i was like cbbc uh was I, I used to go home 
I've got so many now, like, nostalgic memories associated with, like, CBBC programs. So, like, I mean, I went home I, I before, because my dad, obviously, is a teacher, he can pick me up from school at um, two, two o'clock, because that's sort of, uh, two, two, he, can, he didn't finish till, like, half three, so he, and then he would have meetings and stuff, so he can finish me up, pick me up at, like, two originally, uh, if that was, like, P1 to P4, no, P1 to P3, and then Mm. uh like 3 p.m was when i finished from like p4 to p7 um but yeah so he couldn't pick and me you up sat you sat on the footpath outside school for those two hours and waited for him excited <laughs> to get home to watch Arthur. No, the, the, the they, they, they weren't that bad no it was, um, <laughs> it was, every no, day just, sat and waited and i, I go, say hey what a wonderful time today i would go down to my granny's because she lived near school and i would sit uh, to be fair, usually later on, Scott do some golf homework, which is a pain in the back. So, <laughs> but I would either then watch or finish my homework and watch CBBC for like an hour or two. And Arthur was one of the programs, so like anything that was on then, I have like nostalgic memories about. I know like all the theme tunes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> absolute best thing CBBC did. Um, it's not even like a nostalgic memory because I happily stick it on today. It was horrible histories. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was where that was going. That's definitely um, definitely the same. I would absolutely watch that now. I mean, I still do watch it now. It's a great, it's it's such a like crowd pleaser, at least in my family. If, if you're sitting and it's like, I want to watch just an episode of something enjoyable. Bam, fire on an episode of Horrible Histories. It's perfect to watch. Um, especially if you want to watch something with no storyline, there's no nothing to actually follow through. An episode of Horrible Histories or like a sketch show or something like that. But Horrible Histories is such a such a great one. It's universally beloved, I think. I've um, never seen a man make someone make more people thirsty than uh, Matthew Bainton as Dick Turpin. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say it was also then weird because like my, my granny did only a four channel like that was how like terrestrial TV was and like yeah. get channel five it was, only, it was only the original four yeah the OG four sometimes some of the stuff that was on maybe at, like three on CBBC was really bad so like yeah the one you had I to always, watch news round oh yeah no but like I would sometimes just go on the other channels so I have. I was like, must have been the only ten-year-old in the country who watched Dickinson's Real Deal almost every day. You like this ten-year-old just going watching the Megan Offer for now? He's like, no, you all take that talk, and they're trying to scam you there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see the demographic for that. The the layout of of just it that that little pie chart that's sixty-five and over, and it's. 99.7% and then one 10 year old <laughs> the, the demographic um no that is that is good uh right I can tell you I can tell you um a not good one for me since since we did our frightening ones at the start this it didn't scare me but it is a, a negative one a, a defining movie that I saw and uh that is the the movie Dumbo Disney classic um Dumbo is to the best of my memory, the first movie that I realized that movies could be bad. Do you, do you know what I mean? Where I feel like when, as a child, there's like, a, 
you you put me down in front of anything it's it's lights and colors and i'll be like this is the best thing ever at some point uh, as a child somebody showed me dumbo and i remember it being the first movie that i was like oh this is bad (laughs) this is a bad movie and i don't like it uh i'm not a dumbo fan at all i think it's a a boring boring not good movie uh in my opinion but that that's that was the first movie that i knew movies could be bad at yeah i can't offer you my personal opinion on dumbo because i can't uh remember i have watched it definitely at some point only because when you're a child you eventually end up watching every single disney yeah. <laughs> um, but no I, I haven't i haven't watched it since <laughs> i don't think um but it, it is i feel like that's just a kind of a funny defining moment because I, I could be wrong there could have been other movies before it's a bit it's a bit of a gray area because there's like things I didn't like because they were scary or things I didn't like because they were old and I thought they were going to be boring or whatever. But for like no expectation, sitting down to watch a movie and being like, I don't like this, you know, not not having like any actual reaction that made me dislike it, but just <laughs> forming my own opinion and that opinion being that it was a bad movie. Uh, Dumbo was the first one I remember doing that. Which definitely an, an important defining moment for me because uh, where would this podcast be if we couldn't sit and make fun of bad movies? Yeah, no, I was gonna was just thinking. Uh, I'm pretty sure I prefer Pinocchio to Dumbo <laughs> in terms of like ones from that era. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I don't really think anyone would ask for Dumbo to be put on if you're asking for a Disney movie. Uh, it's kind of it's born. It's so sad. It, I think it's, it's racist now as well. I think it's a racist, certainly a little bit, uh, and it's just, but it's just so so sad, start to finish, and there's no real like, there's kind of a resolution, but it's not really a good, it's not really a good payoff. Uh, there's like the the villainous characters don't really get any comeuppance. It's mm. just, and then on top of all of that, it's just boring as well. And yeah, there's I think horrifying pink elephant scene as well. Yeah. Is just a, a nightmare, an LSD fueled nightmare. Yeah, I think <laughs> no child mem- should have to watch. Talking about the depressing stuff, jogging my memory, but I think I can remember that the whole thing with Dumbo being in the cage and being tricked. I think Dumbo was tricked into doing the circus. Very vague memory. I sort of remember that whole bit just being really depressing. You're right. Yeah, so sad. Um, Wasn't just- the first movie I watched that I didn't like, but I can remember the one I don't go to as a movie that I really didn't like. I watched some of them last when I was maybe like 12 oh. or something. It is so bad and it commits the cardinal sin. I would actually, wouldn't even be that harsh in movies that were bad but were at least not boring. The Son of the Mask is offensively bad and as well as that is also incredibly boring uh, which seems like it always seems like that should be harder to do when you've got the mask and you're moving. Yeah. But it is it is awful. It is horrible to sit through. Uh, it's still the worst movie I've ever watched. Uh, the only one that's come close to being probably uh, as boring as maybe the 2018 Justice League, but I even didn't really mind that one as much because actually it, it, it's almost sort of oxymoronic and that whilst I thought it was boring it didn't seem to last overly long which means 
boring is probably not as the right word to use for it. It was more forgettable than boring, like really, yeah. really forgettable. Uh, I find to- it easy to give up on Justice League, whereas Son of the Mask, it's the the bright colors and stuff make you feel like you should be entertained, but you're not. You're not entertained at all. <laughs> it was uh, um, so bad. I, I think it's I I think it's also ridiculously short for a movie. I think it's maybe something like it comes in under eighty minutes, uh, which is so short for a movie. But yeah. uh, it's it, it feels. Honestly, it feels like it's longer than the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you ask me, um, you've got to sit through without. Uh, a toilet break. You've either got to sit through the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy whilst needing to go to the toilet and you can't have a toilet break or just 70 whatever minutes of Son of the Mask. I would I would happily sit there in complete agony for the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy rather than just having to watch Son of the Mask again. Yeah, because uh, at least with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the, the agony is restricted to just your bladder whereas yeah. it's not it's not disparate through your eyes ears brain and and every every possible feeling your body could have watching the son of the mask that that is a pain a torture no no man deserves um i can i can like mark there's actually a good movie that marks the transition of me being able to be critical of movies is uh, x-men origins wolverine which i, I think most people would agree is a, a bad movie but I remember watching it young and, and thinking, I mean, not even that young when that movie came out, but young enough that I was like, this is great. It's got Wolverine in it. It's got fights and superpowers in it. I love this. And then like rewatching it a few years later, because my parents really loved that movie for some reason. Uh, so rewatching it a few years later and being like, I, I remember really liking this and then sort of not being as sure and then watching it again and being like, this is bad. Now that I know stuff about movies, this is a this is a real bad film. Yeah, yeah, I would sort of agree with that because I watched that before even I would have been that critical of movies. And even at that point, I sort of remember it's still the only time I watched. It. Even I sort of remember watching things like well, that was like a three star out of five. <laughs> and at that point, if I thought something was three star out of five, it was probably closer to one star out of five in that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. What, sir? Did it Will I Am in it? I know it, it did, yeah. Like yeah. Deadpool, but I was trying to remember some of the other mercenaries. I was pretty sure playing Will I Am's Deadpool, one of them. That's generous to call that playing Deadpool. I mean, I know Project it. I know Death. it is, but that is Deadpool in name only. I, I still offensive. I kind of like. I one thing I'll give it credit for. I still think as much as people rag on it for it, the idea of sewing Deadpool's mouth shot is really funny to me. That is funny, yeah, that is funny. Um, I think, like, had Deadpool been a character that existed already, that would be a funny joke. But in the movie, it's just, like, this guy who talked a lot earlier, and now, now it's just this mess. Just a, just a mess. But uh, actually, I do remember one thing I did like about it was uh, sort of the scene set in, like, Wolverine's youth. And like the civil war oh, yeah. and stuff and the bone claws and then um, oh yeah the yeah the the like opening credits is actually really good when you see them going through all the wars together yeah. uh fighting through all the wars i think that's actually a great sequence and that would be a great movie to be honest the stuff but, with uh, saber tooth's good as well 
Yeah, yeah. That's probably, um, that's probably the extent of what you could say was good about the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously, like, it, it's still Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and I still think that's that's pretty... That's good casting. I, I mean, Wolverine as a comic book character maybe isn't... Well, he's mainly just meant to be shorter than Hugh Jackman. That's that's the only problem people generally have. But I think, I think Hugh Jackman is a, a great Wolverine. I think a lot of people would agree. So, you know, you can't really say that that's the problem. Um, but then, it, and, and obviously Ryan Reynolds is perfect as Deadpool as well, as we have now uh, been able to to appreciate. So you can't blame them. That that movie is bad of its own accord. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's any of the actors' fault. At um, least it's, I think what's sort of done it a favour in retrospect is sort of Deadpool got salvaged. And was able to take the piss out of it, which sort of helped. And then uh, it, it was at least followed up by two really good solo uh, Wolverine movies. I mean, I, I don't know what the consensus is about the Wolverine, because I was going to say I watched it and I really, really liked it. I don't know if that's the consensus. I hope it is, because I thought it was really good. But then, like, Logan, I know, is universally acclaimed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Wolverine, I, I don't think I've really seen since it kind of came out. Um, but I, I did like it. I, I don't think, I don't know if it, if I remember it being amazing or not. But I, I, I enjoyed it, and Logan absolutely, I think, is is a a real masterpiece. Um, so yeah, it is definitely. It didn't destroy the the series, which is good, or the those X Men characters, which I think is, um, good <laughs> because that that could have been a real disaster if that movie just destroyed any chances of seeing Wolverine or Deadpool again. So luckily, oh, the, the best things about that movie did get saved. I thought of two more good, nice things to say about X-Men Origins Wolverine. The motorcycle stuff was cool. That's cool. The Weapon X flashback, well, not flashbacks, but like the, the bits that depict the Weapon X uh, surgery, that was pretty well done. Yes, fair enough. So there you go. We're, see, we're still nice on this podcast. Even I, I, even with our memories of being critical, we're still pretty nice generally when it comes to, to movies. Yeah. I, I like that. I think to be that's... fair, I, I would say in its defense, it's not a good movie, but it's not offensively bad. It's just not yeah. good. It's just not a good Wolverine movie, and it's not good. Well, to be fair, uh, there were some other bad X-Men movies at this point, but people still have high <laughs> standards for X-Men movies and didn't meet those. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was just, it's just a good, uh, it's a good movie because it, it so easily marks the the transition of me growing up and, and learning how to critique movies, which I just think is funny that it went from like, this movie's an absolute nine out of 10 to maybe this is like a seven out of 10 to, I don't think this is a good movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is bad. Uh, and I, I just, I like, I like having something that I can mark that so clearly with. Um Listen, you I think we're, we're about ready to... I, I probably watched it more than that, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't know. We had it on DVD. I like it. That's what I'm saying. My, my parents really love that movie. I think they still do. But I, ooh, I think it's real bad. <laughs> eh, I am the guy who watched Over the Edge, like, over <laughs> times. True, true. Um, but I, I think that that can about wrap us up there. I think we could probably come back to this because I definitely have some more. But... Um, these are really fun to talk about. I think it's it's kind of a bit nicer than sometimes when we talk about our favorite stuff, we kind of just have nothing to say other than it's really good and I really like the thing when this happened, you know? Uh, so it's mm -hmm. nice being able to have these that are kind of, have something something that we 
specifically connected with or some kind of story attached. I think that's really yeah. fun. Well, uh, to what, what, why don't we call this, so as we know we've come back to it, why don't we call this, uh, since most really only covered this, why don't we call this uh, the times of our lives zero to 10 or zero to 11 years? Because I think that probably was about it. And then yeah. at some point we can come back and do from like uh, starting secondary school to now. Yeah. The early years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that is good. Yes, we can come back and then that's something a little bit later as we go through our uh, our our moody, angsty teen stages, see if, if we have any different defining moments. That'd be quite good. <laughs> but uh, no, that was really fun talking talking about these little moments that made us who we are look, eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, the, move on. And, and they should feel some sense of responsibility for that. They have a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, we'll move on to our, our next segment, which is Have You Seen This? This is where we talk about what we've been watching or reading or playing or doing for the last week, and we, we have a little chat about it. So, look, have you seen uncharted the movie <laughs> uh new no, i've not seen uncharted because uh I, I had the choice of what film i wanted to see in the cinema this week and i'll when i'm doing my bit i'll tell you what i saw instead of uncharted very nice um no i, I saw uncharted last week uh and i thought it was really good i i liked it a lot and um, i i don't think it's a world changing movie but i do think it's a really good movie and and a sort of a style of movie that we don't see loads of anymore that kind of uh action adventure but very very much in a like a classic way i guess i would say you know uh which i think is really cool and i was sort of describing it to you look i i said i would describe it as the the best parts of a national treasure movie uh meet the best parts of a fast and furious movie which i don't think either of which are like outstanding cinema but they're both very enjoyable if you just take the best bits very enjoyable things to watch and then you combine them together and, and it makes for a really fun movie um but yeah I, I thought it was just very fun it felt extremely video gamey which i think is really nice to see in a video game movie that um it, it's you know I, I don't really know how you achieve it i couldn't really describe exactly how but um it, it felt like a video game in some ways there, there was definitely elements that felt like working your way through a level and um, it focused on like some puzzly type stuff which i think is good for an uncharted game as well i i haven't played the uncharted games but um you you're a big fan and uh, i know that yeah there there's elements to it that i think you don't want to you don't want to leave out and just make this an indiana jones movie or a, a treasure hunty you know adventure movie um I, I like that there was some effort to be like no this is it's a video game and it's it's weird and wacky and there's some stuff in this that is kind of lifted from the games or that certainly at the very least feel like a like a game um, and I think it did it very well because there's other video game movies that I think do it worse where it feels like a video game but doesn't feel like a movie then uh, you know to, to match that but this it, it, I think it towed the line really well I would definitely see more of these I think it's yeah it's it's a bit like the Jumanji movies I guess in, in a way where it's sort of it doesn't feel like there's a million movies like this. Uh, so even if it's not an outstanding masterpiece of cinema, it's uh, something different. If you were in the mood to watch this style of movie, um, then you would very much appreciate that it was there. I, I've sort of 
glad because it was that was what I was in the mood to see and it, it really did scratch that itch for me so I was pretty pretty happy with it actually I had a lot of fun yeah to be fair what I was actually thinking there is it's kind of cool to sort of see a video game movie get the backing at hand by Sony because I mean uh it's it's gotten loads of advertising on tv and stuff and it's gotten a I'll tell you when I knew they were really back in it. Uh, it got the Spider-Man slots at my local cinema. So that's like, uh, on weekends, that's like over 10 showings a day. Broad coaster to 20. Whoa, that is cool. Um, yeah, definitely. It's nice to see that. And I think it is. It's, yeah, I think I think sort of we, we have so many incredible movies and incredible like franchises as well. But you have to remember that Marvel and stuff like, They've, they've made those movies for a long time now or when you bring out a movie that hasn't existed in IP which I know Uncharted does but it's a video game I don't think I don't think that really counts when you bring out a movie that has something existing behind it you're not starting from scratch you know whereas this like you're starting mostly from scratch but also trying to adapt something very different and make it work um and I, I think it it does that very well and it's nice to see like we've talked about before it's nice to see an original movie from time to time that isn't based on anything and I know this still is but it still felt just like something very new and you don't go in with any expectations and it's I think when you don't go in with any expectations or with any preconceptions uh, then anything positive is good you know so just the fact that it was a good fun movie I actually think is like almost deserves more credit than Marvel making an incredible movie again, you know, <laughs> just going and seeing something new that was good. I actually, I kind of appreciate more than, than seeing another superhero movie or whatever, um, which is saying something because I love superhero movies, but I, I don't know. I, I just really had a soft spot for this for some reason, which again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the games. I haven't played them, but for some reason this, I just really, I, I did really like, even though I don't think it was like, anything incredible but i just liked it and that's that's it yeah well to be fair i think we sort of see uh i mean most people still love superhero movies there is a bit of appetite for something different at the moment and i think action adventure is something studios happen like that because you saw jungle cruise uh was obviously a big disney release and you got this now uh so i mean it's definitely a genre i like so i i, I think maybe just to show support for and to show me support for video games I, sh- I should go watch this at some point i think i will enjoy it i was sort of thinking even if it's not that great i'll still enjoy it because it's an action adventure movie i was thinking yeah. uh i quite enjoyed the tomb raider movie uh, which it, it, it which isn't bad is it's decent but i think i enjoyed it a lot more because eh, it was uh, an action adventure game be it like the video games so yeah <laughs> that's that's the new tomb raider movies i've not, i've never seen the angelina julie ones i think they're doing a sequel to it the Oh, really? the, the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie which is quite oh, cool, cool. Uh, also sorry uh, just great great cast Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland play off each other incredibly well uh, I know it's it was a shame to not get Nathan Fillion in <laughs> in that role but um, Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland are actually such a great duo I, I loved watching them uh, play off each other it was just a really nice dynamic I, I enjoyed it a lot which is great it's just nice to see sometimes when something's just cast right and it, and it really works. So yeah, I think it was just, you know, not they didn't do anything wrong, whether you thought it was amazing or not, it was all good. And, and that was yeah. just fun to, well, to see. 
Well, you don't have to spoil anything about the story, but did they set it up for a sequel? Uh, yeah, definitely set set up for a a sequel. Absolutely, there's there was a post credits, um, but again, one of those one of those post credits that's kind of like a fun little Easter eggy thing where they could use that in the in a sequel, but equally, if they ignored it, I don't think it would be the end of the world. It was kind of a, in that kind of Marvel way of like the post credits planting some seeds, see what people's reaction is, and then if you want to use them, you can. But um, yeah, it definitely does set up for a sequel, obviously because it's a it's a prequel to the games as well. So uh, obviously by the end of it, there is a uh, room for them to continue adventuring. So uh, yeah, I think I think they're probably planning a sequel. I would definitely watch one. So uh, yeah, I, I'd be happy to see more of these. Definitely. Um, what what have you been seeing this week? Well, Reese, have you seen Jackass Forever? I have not seen Jackass Forever, no. I'll preclude this by saying I am a massive fan of the Jackass series. And yeah. if you're not a fan of the Jackass series, you'll not like this one because it's more, <laughs> it's more of the same. It's as equally puerile, disgusting, violent. Uh, but if you like all those things, you'll absolutely love Jackass Forever <laughs> yeah. because it is as good as any other entry in the series. It is so, so funny. I watched it in a, not, not full, but pretty full theatre and oh, everyone was just laughing their way through the movie. It's, it's one of those ones, uh, if you can't see it in the cinema with uh, a bunch of other people, at least if you're going to watch it, watch it with friends because it'll improve, it'll make it, it'll enhance it so much. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just writing the brain. I'm trying to find a stunt I like to talk about that which that we can discuss on this, on this <laughs> without uh, seriously increasing the age rating. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I mean, it starts off with like a big uh, film style stunt as like the opening to the movie. That's what they've done with all the Jags movies. But then what's cool is they immediately moved it to something like more on the scale of what they were doing on the TV show back in the day. Uh, uh, the human ramp where they would put uh, <laughs> uh, like a, a piece of wood on top of a bunch of them stacked together and people uh, they were just doing jumps over each other with <laughs> uh, bikes and stuff uh, oh man uh, no it's just so so much fun if you like the other jackass movies you like this one as well uh, I, I can't wait I hope all, all the other ones they've had enough to do 0. 0.5 entries with just like stuff like uh, that didn't make the original cut. I really want there to be a point five of this, but I do not. I don't want another Jackass movie at this point. It's not because this one wasn't good, because this one was brilliant. I I genuinely worry if they did another one. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure they would make it through the I, yeah, process. I, I think I I think I want the the cast of Jackass to to live out whatever however many days they have left in in as much ease as possible i don't think i want to see jackass six we all die in this one you know um but uh yeah i i, I actually i'm really excited to see it I'm, I'm definitely going to hopefully if if i can get some friends if i can find any uh <laughs> see it in the cinema if not i'll i'll wait till it's um till it's out but uh i am i'm really excited to see it. i i love the jackass entries as well the, all the the previous ones um but I like from at least from what I could see in the trailers, and it sounds like you're saying it there as well. That I imagine with Jackass at this point, especially like this one, did feel kind of like a return as well. Um, 
I'm sure they could get the budget to do only massive things. You know what I mean? Only do like incredible big giant stunts and stuff, but they don't. Like some of them are very simple. The budget just goes into maybe like a slightly complicated machine or whatever to do it. But lots of them are just like funny ideas that all you actually need is the guys standing there and like an an area, you know, or like that ramp. You just need, you know, a couple of simple materials and someone to stand with a camera. Uh, and I, 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 that's like so for me. That's so much of what is charming about it is that like it reminds me so much of like early YouTube stuff as well. That I think yeah. we both that'll probably be a thing that comes up in uh, the next the next time we do an episode of of things that define us. I'm sure. Uh, that early early YouTube stuff will be a part of that um but that that's what it reminds me of and I think that is like the charm of so much of this is that it it's not on sound stages and professional cameras and directors and blah 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 a lot of it is just like recording stuff as it happens or doing stuff secretly and blah 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 like so much of it feels like a like the way it always has it really hasn't changed over all that time and I think that is the absolute charm of it so I'm excited to see it. Um, as as you're saying, look, it looks like it'll be much more of the same as what we've already seen. But that is, uh, that's the that's the best thing about it. I think you wouldn't want it to change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, for anyone listening who's like on the fence about Jackass if they haven't watched or not, uh, do yourself a few, well. Actually, just anyone should do this as well because it's also really funny. Just go on YouTube and look up <laughs> Jackass the Blind Side is. <laughs> my favorite jackass <laughs> uh yeah the the basic premise is they have johnny knoxville uh, uh and a american an nfl level uh defensive end uh who is a very very large man i'm sure you can work out <laughs> what happens from there but it's very funny and you have to give a shout out to our man's teacher from school mr lamb who uh, used that to teach us uh, the the concept of um what was what was uh newton's laws of motion yes because in, in the video jared allen the nfl player says uh football is a game about science uh <laughs> me plus velocity equals that <laughs> <laughs> yep and that which mr yeah above all else it's a game of science. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's very good. That's very good. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. It's been a really fun episode. Look, I've really enjoyed talking about that. It's nice having our little uh, little memories and stories attached to them. Um, hopefully this gives maybe some of the listeners a, a better understanding of how we became the man children we are today. Um, <laughs> but this has been the Crack and Bender podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have a subreddit, all that stuff. If you want to send an email to the show, you can send that to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Give us recommendations. Ask us questions. We're happy to hear it. But thank you very much for listening. And look, do you want to close us out? Yes, this has been the Crack and Banter podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, one last thought to leave you with. Uh, they're called The Walking Dead because they chase the running alive. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you.